Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Are you a startup? Wearable company? Don't know where quite to go from here? Well, you have the questions, and Spectrum Ergonomics has the answers. Go to our company website at www.spectrumergonomics.com and click on the link wearables. There you'll find a wide variety of services and other contractors that we work with to help make your product become a reality. We're here to help you through the process of iteration to packaging and beyond. And in talking about the MRI that you were, are, are still currently doing with subjects, yeah. is it the functional MRI or using a, a substance like gadolinium in that so that you can actually see the blood flow in real time? Or, or are we looking at just changes in the actual cellular structure of the brain over like three minutes, six minutes, okay. nine minutes? How how's that work? Okay. That's fascinating. The, now, the ongoing investigation that we are doing now is actually looking at real-time response from the brain. So it's fMRI. We're looking at bowel imaging, and we're separating between bowel imaging, which is blood oxygen level dependency, very common in fMRI, and also cerebral blood flow. So very, very often people you know, mix up the two, integrate together, okay, this is what we see. But the group at Baycrest Hospital, which is affiliated to University of Toronto, are very skilled, very knowledgeable in this area. We are able to separate and try to determine, yeah, that there is difference between the two. And the response is different for different wavelengths. So we tested on... So near-infrared, commonly in low-level laser part of the photobiomodulation world has revolved around 808 nanometers and 1064. Now, they're exactly on those wavelengths because at uh, that time you get collimated laser. The process just come up with these precise wavelengths. And they do have different outcomes. And then when we pulse it, they look different as well. And then when we have different power density, they look different too. 
So we have to put all this together. And then on the other side, we have, we've just published on the preprint using, say, Raman spectroscopy to see the effect on, you know, you use Raman spectroscopy to see the effect on protein structures, molecular structures. And we do see the effect on microtubules, the components of micro, that make our microtubules are tubulin. Very, very fascinating. It's actually groundbreaking. The stuff we do are just, people are seeing it for the first time. How we're able to destabilize the secondary structure through this at 10 hertz so that now we're doing another other frequency and see that, you know, at a different pulse frequency like 40 hertz, whether it does the opposite. <laughs> so the many, many fine details that are emerging now that we have a, kind of handle on, but I say, yeah, okay, what we find eventually, even if we know these various studies we're doing is only like 10% of what potentially out there. The brain is extremely complicated. I'm not going to say that we have an answer for everybody just like that. And you should not even believe other people who say that, okay, you know, we treat the brain this way and you're going to get this. It's totally different. Every brain is different. To help us with that, we have introduced artificial intelligence to try and figure out and try to personalize treatment for individuals. When you take, take depression, for example, it is, yeah, okay, depression has a certain symptoms. It could be mild, it could be more severe, like treatment resistance and all that. But, okay, you treat, a lot of people treat on the left, the LPFC, that part of the brain. But I don't think it's that simple, honestly. It has multiple pathways to lead to symptoms that looks that kind of look similar. But if you look deeper into it, even that similar depression symptoms, you break it down, is actually, you know, in the a subphenotype is different. So so uh yeah, you know, it's we can have a general treatment or general intervention to maybe help the brain perform better but there is uh, still a percentage of people who are not who will not respond the same way and we try to make it better so it's fun it is intellectually stimulating to do all this stuff but uh, the fun part is coming up with new discoveries for us <laughs> So it sounds like you didn't mind the challenges along the way, the little hurdles and, and, and clearing those hurdles and then continuing to move forward. And that's a good lesson to be learned for those of you out there that may be in a startup wearable company and listening in. Remember, it can be fun. You heard it from Dr. Lim himself. There could be a lot of fun along the way. I'm, I'm sure there were the frustrations too, but it sounds like you were able to get over these particular hurdles and move forward. Now you did a, a little bit earlier, you did allude to a few things and this is my final question for you. And I ask this to all my very special guests because I really want to pick their brains because like you, they're working on research and they have ideas about future research. Where do you see this particular sector of wearables with the photo biomodulation with red light and infrared light in wearable devices? Where do you see this field in five years? Treating what? What kind of conditions do you think? What kind of successes do you think we'll see? What kind of devices do you think we'll see? Well, I'm hoping that, obviously, you know, I, when I look back today and five years ago, we made a lot of strides. But 
uh, translating into wearable devices take forever. Uh, one thing we do is we do a lot of testing because I kind of have a better idea of what works, what doesn't work. And there's a lot of hype in the market, you know. Anybody can just buy something off a factory, say, in, in China, put their name on it and say, okay, here is photobiomodulation. But there's so much to it that we cannot allow it to be outside of, um, I don't know, I'll say our um, team. Uh, not because of selfishness, because there is so much that needs to get done to get it right. So one of my frustrations is like a, the Wild West in many ways, you know, just because somebody hears, okay, real light was like, do a panel, let's order this from the factory, put a name on it and market it and pick on, say, work done by us, by our team and say, okay, for the bioinvolution to this research, which we say we publish or let it out, uh, work and therefore it works, you know. That is a lot of marketing. I, I guess in a good way, it gets more people interested in, in the field. But there is so much more that even we don't know at this stage that needs to be discovered to come anywhere near to perfecting the outcomes for people. Although I think we're ahead of almost everybody as far as, say, brain photobiomodulation is concerned. But I can tell you, I can see there's so much more to be done to be, you know, sometimes the more you know, the more you know you don't know. So it makes you <laughs> not as comfortable. But I say that the fun is in the discovery. And I'll say five years from now, I'm hoping because of what we're doing and understanding what it does to, say, um, the brain oscillations, we will understand better in the biological effect. But I'm hoping that by that time, we will have a stronger proposition for, say, Alzheimer's disease is one of my mission. We then what's out there today, but I would say at this stage, I've got to go through the more research and more clinical trials. I'm not going to say that okay, we can treat Alzheimer's disease with what we have until the regulators say, okay, you can say it, you know, based on the evidence you've accumulated. So I'm not going to say we can. But I think this is one of my missions. And the other thing that we have made quite a lot of headway is, say, on traumatic brain injury. I see really good data, but they are, and it's getting the recognition by a number of, you know, different bodies. Uh, maybe we'll see that sometime next year. It's a little bit early for me to disclose, but I'm hoping that we will get more robust and more fine-tuning and get, get the FDA and other regulatory bodies to recognize and accept it. And then more people use it because it's really simple to use. You know, people don't un know that you know, when you get go through a concussion, whether it's mild or you recover for it from recover from it from sports, from military exercises and so on, uh, you think you're kind of okay. Okay, once in a while you get a headache, maybe you have a, you know a little bit of lack of sleep and you seem to get better. But when you go and measure your performance, I can almost guarantee you that you are not at the same level as you were before you had that episode. And what I see is, even at this level, the, you know, treating with 
the devices we have in near infrared to the brain seems to potentially help. But I got to okay, I'm I'm seeing this data, but I got to put it you know through the rigors of the regulatory requirements to say okay, you know it seems to be doing, but I'm hoping still to be able to fine tune it and improve it further. So as that, there are a number I I can keep going on that. We but for normal people, I think generally to keep your brain healthy and performing at an optimum level is achievable to through uh, something like this. It is you don't feel it. It's simple to use. If you use EEG, you can measure the difference. But if if you're healthy, you know, it's not a question of making you from a normal person to a super genius or something. But is at least keep it functioning at a good level. Well, that's a very nice prognosis for the next five years, something that we can all look forward to. Well, Dr. Lim, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to come on the show and want to extend the invitation that your next big, I'll call it intervention, your next big intervention you have, please drop me an email and we'll get you back on the show because we love to share what's new in the research world that may not necessarily be out on the market yet but what's happening in research so we can kind of stay at a little bit more cutting edge, super, super sharp cutting edge, I guess, if you want to look at it that way, so that we can be fully abreast of the whole market that's coming out, the wearable market. Like you said, to know really what is just really not well-done science and what is well-done science for truly making a difference in people's health and well-being. So again, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, yeah. Well, I'll say once again, you know, the our devices are low-risk general wellness devices. They're available. You go to the website, you can investigate. But I think more interesting is this, you know, the information available and what's being done and what we're doing and what other people are doing in this world of photobiomodulation. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks so much for this opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties. Pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.spectrumergonomics.com for more information. Hey, if you're a startup, wearable company, and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast, please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, Thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion 
and technology. And may you wear it well.